0: Well, more well, grace, and uh, I'm just here to talk to you for just a moment about something that is extremely dear to my heart. I'm raised in church all of my life. All I know is church. All I know is church. All I know is church. But I want to make it extremely clear to you that it has been my desire, my earnest desire to be a student of the word, and to be extremely thorough in what I teach. James chapter three, verse one says, be not many masters for yours is the greater condemnation. And then I think it's over in Timothy chapter five, round about verse 17. It said, let the elders that rule well be counted worthy of double honor. But it said, especially those who labor in the word, you know, and so. I want to make it my business to be thorough in the scripture. Second Timothy 2.15 says to study, to show yourself approved under God of working need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And I am going to do everything in my power to make sure that I am a student of the word of God. I, 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 I've not perfected it, but I'm always learning and I'm being challenged on a daily basis. With that being said, um, just over the last couple of years, I believe the Spirit of God began to deal with me about a very simple word, a message called the gospel. I believe Paul said in Romans chapter one that we are not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God under salvation. And I, I, As I study the word of God, I want to say that I make it my business to be um, objective in study, not subjective. You can be subjective in your theology and you can be objective in your theology. And I make it my business not to be subjective in theology, meaning I don't teach what I teach because... I am trying to make a justification for a lifestyle, a justification for my thinking. I attempt to go in the word of God empty because if I go in empty, I can come out with something. Everyone doesn't do that. Sometimes we go into the word of God and we take baggage into the text, meaning whatever we were taught, whatever we believe, our traditions, our thoughts, our patterns. I attempt to be objective in Scripture and to go into the Word of God empty and come out with a great understanding. That's my desire. Have I perfected it? I don't know. Only time will tell that. But I attempt to be extremely objective in my theology. and The reason I'm objective is because I don't want to change it for me or change it for anybody else. I believe that the word of God has to mean what it means, and it has to be rightly divided. Well, that being said, here recently, there's been great controversy over this whole message. They call it the message of grace, which for me, it's not the message of grace. It's the gospel. It's the good news. One person calls it the too good to be true news, but Just to give you some history on the word gospel in the Greek, it was a secular term. The word gospel was not a biblical term, it was a secular term. It was a term that came from a messenger when he was going to tell the king, I'm talking about when the king was in the heat of a battle that he looked like he was about to lose. No one wanted to be the one to come and tell the king that he had lost the battle, but the person who ran very fast to tell the king that the battle was won was a messenger, and that message of the winning of the battle is where we get the word gospel from. Not really good news, it's really a good message, and it was a message that was such a relief Because the king had thought he had lost the battle, but then the messenger shows up and said, we won because that's the gospel. And I want to see what Paul said in Romans chapter one. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God under salvation. What gospel? The good message, the good news. Paul made that statement in a radical culture. A culture full of Pharisees and Sadducees, a culture full of scribes and people who were counting their steps and counting their moves. But the word of God said, except your righteousness exceed the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees. So Paul comes and says unashamedly, I'm not a God, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. What gospel? The good message. What is the message? The battle is won. What battle? The battle against sin. What is sin? Transgression of the law. What law? The law that came by Moses. The Bible declares that where there is no law, there is no sin. Imputed. Stay with me. Romans chapter 5 declares, for let, let, let's go to the word of God. Let, let, let's go from Romans chapter five. And let's see what the word of God says. And um, I, I pray that you're able to get this and grab it. But Romans chapter five, verse 13 says, we'll start at verse 12. Wherefore, as by one man's sin entered the world, who is the one man? Adam, and death by sin. And so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. Why did I sin? Because of what Adam did. But Adam is my representative. I always use the example of right now in America, we're under President Biden as our president. And if President Biden goes to war tomorrow, guess what? You're in war. You may say, how am I in war? I'm home eating greens or Frosted Flakes or Cheerios or Fruit Loops or Cinnamon Toast Crunch. That put you in war because he's your representative. Adam was your representative. And when he sinned, you sinned. Verse 13. For until the law, sin was in the world. Well, who brought the law? Well, the Bible declares in John chapter 1, 17, it says, For the law was given by Moses. So, for until the law, sin was in the world. Abraham, Jacob, Isaac, Abel, Cain, Sarah, Rebecca, all of these people who I'm calling out were living before the law. But sin is not imputed when there is no law. So Abraham, Sarah, Rebecca, Isaac, Jacob, Dad, Reuben, all of these people were in the world but sin is not imputed where there is no law. Abraham wasn't under the law. Abraham believed God and it was imputed to him, accounted to him as what? Righteousness. That's what the word of God said. For under the law, Sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. When the law came, sin was revived. I think that's, uh, is that Romans? Let's try Romans. Hallelujah. Let's try Romans. Uh, chapter 7. I I, I think it's Romans chapter 7, verse 9. For I was alive without the law. But when the commandment came, sin revived. Are you listening to that? What Strength in sin is the law. 1 Corinthians 15, 56. For the strength of sin is the law. What gave strength power was the law. I had no knowledge of sin until the law. James 4:17. Therefore, to him that what? Knoweth to do good. To him it is sin. What revives sin is the law. The law came because of Moses. And God gave us the law so that all men might be guilty. Matter of fact, that's Romans chapter 3. Hmm, that's right. Romans chapter 3 tells you why he gave the law. The Bible declares, verse 10, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none that, there is none that understandeth, none that seeketh after the God. They are all gone out of the way. They are together become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good, no, not one. Look at verse 19. Now we know that what things soever the law saith, it said to them who are under the law that every mouth may be stopped and the, all the world would become guilty. Verse 19 before God, the law made everybody guilty. It was 613 and it was impossible for any person to keep them all. He did not give you the law to keep it. You couldn't. You had a nature because of Adam that was against God. And it put you in a position that you could not keep the law. The law came by Moses. But grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. And in Romans chapter six, verse 14, he made a very powerful statement and said, for ye are not under the law, but under grace. Now people get angry when you tell them, that God's not angry with you. That only the anger that God had with us was put on Jesus. That the reason his death was so gruesome and bad and whooping so harsh is because he did not die for his sin, but he died for the sins of the world. And that whosoever believeth in him, Not everybody, not the Muslim, not the Buddhist, in any other religion, but whosoever believeth in him, what him? Jesus Christ, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the light, no man come to the Father But by me, whosoever believeth in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. This is just a portion of a message that I teach. And I just want to challenge you to go on uh, all of my podcasts and listen to the teachings on the gospel, on the new covenant message. Call the ministry. Go to my website. And look up all of the, I don't know what you call them, MP, what is it, MP3s? I don't know. Look them up. I explain this message in detail because I want you to understand you're not under the law, but under grace. And if you become a true student of grace, the word of God declares that grace will teach you. Matter of fact, let's go to Titus chapter two, verse 11. For the grace of God that brings the salvation, verse 11, hath appeared unto all men, teaching us to deny ungodliness and worldly lust. We should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. That's what grace teaches. But you can't have right living until you have right believing. I didn't get saved for fire insurance. I'm just trying to teach people to fall in love with him. Because if you fall in love with him, you'll keep his commandments. His commandments are not grievous. And people get angry. Because people just want to go to hell. You know why people get the most angry? I'm gonna show you Romans chapter three. All the people say you've got to do this, and if you don't do it, you know you know the problem. You know most of the people who live the life, whatever we call the Christian life, they're very arrogant. They're very self-righteous, and I live this, I live that. I just want to give you Romans three twenty-seven. Where is boasting then? It is excluded by what law? Of works? Nay, but by the law of faith. Ephesians 2 and 8, you are saved by grace through faith. That not of yourself, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man could boast. I'm not saved by works and I'm not lost by works try it again. And this is the good message. I'm not saved by works. And I'm not lost by works. I can't live a Christian life. He has to live the life through me. It is God which worketh in us both the will and the to-do. Ephesians, I'm sorry, Philippians 2.13, according to his good pleasure. He's the one working in me. The life that I now live, I live on the faith of the son of God. I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ, that's Galatians 2, is living on the inside of me. You folks tell me how good you live, you're going to hell. I said, you're gonna be lost because you can't live this life. He's living the life through me. I don't live holy, He lives holy through me. He loves through me. He helps me to abstain. He helps me to overcome evil with good. He helps me to walk this walk. Whatever it is, it's all Him. If you can take credit for any part of your salvation, you're probably not saved. He had to grant you repentance. You can't even come to him unless he draws you. You didn't choose him, by the way. He chose you. It's all Christ. He's living the life in me. With that being said, go to the website. Please get this. This is the gospel. This is a good message. And if you're not preaching this, it's another gospel. Because I'm preaching what Paul preached. I'm preaching what Paul preached, and I know Paul preaching what I preach. Because guess what question came up? Because the way he was preaching it. Shall we continue in sin? That's what y'all asking me. Guess what y'all asking me? Shall we continue in sin? That grace may bow? Guess what the answer is? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? The grace message don't cause you to live in sin. It makes you dead to sin and have a desire to live under righteousness. But you won't know that if you seek to be offended. You gotta take time to listen to this message. I love you. You are blessed. I'm gonna tell you, go to the website, go to briancarton.com. go to KCC, go look at all the message, all the information you need. It'll change your life, it'll bless you. And maybe you'll fall in love with him this time and stop serving him because you're scared of him. Because he wants you. He, God is in love with you. He wants God's plan for God's best. I love you. Please. Go get all the information you need. And um, I've taught on this thoroughly. And please get it where you can understand it so you won't just speak ignorantly. There's a podcast, podcast, cast, cast, whatever cast that you can look at. It'll change your life. Go listen to them systematically and bless your life. Until then.